Tostada? Open oh, it's Toast, Taco Bell? Tostada. Crunch Supreme. Crunch Welcome to the Coffee Snobs Podcast, where we just really love good coffee. Grab your cup of coffee and join us each episode as we explore any and everything coffee-related. From pour-overs to lattes to the coffee experience, we explore it all. Because, well, life's too short to drink bad coffee. Let's go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Coffee Snobs podcast. Like always, it's me, Tyler, and I'm joined by Aaron Beaver. How are you, Aaron? What up, dude? Man. I'm good, man. Well, hey, we kind of had a little bit of a drought where schedules didn't align and we weren't able to get much content out, but uh, today's episode, we, have we got some good content. stuff coming at you again. Hey, and uh, interviews are the lifeblood of this podcast. So this is episode 67 part two of Bria Cafe, and that is outside of Madrid, Spain. So if you haven't listened to this episode 66, Paul's right here. Go back. We'll meet you in a second. Uh, In this episode, we talk with Adam and Emily Byerly. They are residents of Alcala, Spain. That's about 30 minutes outside of Madrid, Spain. And in part one, we talked about them. They're starting up Bria Cafe, a new specialty coffee shop in their neighborhood. Part one, we talked mainly about the logistics, uh, some of the construction and the design aesthetics and all that good stuff. So in part two, we talk a little bit more specifically about the actual coffee that Bria is going to be using. So before we get into that, let's uh, start off like we do every episode with what's in your cup. Aaron, what are you drinking? Well, you're probably you're here. on a new kick, man. I know you're, you're on a new. You're, kick. You'll probably hear about this uh, a, a while, um, but our good buddy Stu, uh, which is home barista coach on Instagram. I'll see, I'll see, I'll see. Yeah, I know, dude. Yeah. Uh, one, he reached out to us and sent us a message on the Instagram. Stu, dude, thank you so much. One, I uh, love to hear from you. Um, but absolutely but he always does these instagram uh stories and and igtvs one produces beautiful latte art but Mm -hmm. he did one a while back about espresso timing extraction uh how much grams in the portafilter how much water uh milliliters of water should be extracted or milliliters of coffee that should be extracted and currently at this moment i'm still on the pursuit of dialing in our work machine. So our mini Wega, uh, mini Nova, uh, sorry, our Wega mini Nova two, which is, I think that's the machine we have. It's a single head. Um, but I have an open portafilter basket, um, that I bought for it and I am doing my best to make caramel goodness come out of the bottom. And, uh, I'll have to say, right. Liquid honey. it, it, It really is. I'll have to say before I came onto this episode, I made a single shot of espresso that tasted good, which is <laughs> congratulations. I'm, seriously, like <laughs> it was a, it was a big deal. So, uh, Stu, thanks for that knowledge and thanks for explaining yes. it, so that way I can uh, enjoy it. But man, it um, 
yeah, it's it's been a good time. So what about you, Tyler? Well, I've got a good and a bad, so I'm going to get the good out of the way. Uh, I just got in a two-pounder, a two-pound mm. bag from uh, all the way from Colorado. Got my OG favorites, ah, uh, Huckleberry. The Huck. The Eth- Ethiopian Natural is quite delicious, and I haven't actually uh, tasted it yet here, but never disappoint. So looking forward to that uh, and the bad. Aaron, don't kick me off the show. Um but recently oh, at man. work, let, just listen, I'm, I'm going to explain myself. We had a treat. This uh, rep from one of these companies we work with brought in some ridiculous fresh baked goods, some cookies from some like super ridiculous, expensive place. And you had to wash the cookie down with something egg, that you knew it. You know what I was getting at? And it was so good. And you just can't help but eat, or I can't help, but uh, whenever I have a, a baked good, I got to have some coffee with it. And my, I've just let myself down. I haven't been brewing my own stuff at work because we've been busy, and I had no other alternative <laughs> but to go to the Starbucks. And Tyler! <laughs> let's listen, I got the simplest thing I could. I got an Americano, and I made sure that that was two shots in a in this little bit of water, and it was terrible. But <laughs> it was it was something. Well, it was coffee. And I, honestly, I've had worse. So I mean, I, I'll uh, give it to it, you. We you you do get one mark against you. Um, okay. Uh, but I understand. Desperate times call for desperate measures. There you go. And I, it was, it, it was probably better than that espresso that you made last time with just like random water or something you made weird yeah, at the shop. Yeah, that was bad. But anyway, yeah. looking forward to the Huck. Always support your local roasters and shops. So anyway, on to better topics. Here we go. This is part two of our conversation with Adam and Emily Byerly of Bria Cafe in Spain. Adam, I'm still trying to understand. I mean, you dipped your toe in, and within two years, you're going to be having a coffee shop. Like, you went from, like, Tyler buying you a V60, and I think it was not – it was a um, counterculture, right, Tyler? You had gotten some trade. I'm pretty confident. I'm going to have to go back and listen because I've been going back and listening to some of our old podcasts. It's actually – it's kind of – Kind of uh, fun to laugh and, and uh, yes, maybe it was hatchet he had or something. Maybe I don't remember. But we did uh, like a weird cupping. Remember that it was kind of ratchet. Uh, oh, because uh, I brought some torrefacto. That's what it was. And I was like, "Hey, try some Spanish stuff, cat." And he was like, <laughs> trying to be nice, but also like we both realized very quickly how disgusting <laughs> what we were drinking was. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so like in, in this. Um, because you've, you've commented, you've chatted on our, on the Instagram, you stay communicated with, uh, communicating with Tyler, like how have you been able to continue like getting, uh, gourmet coffee or boutique coffees while you've been over there? And like, what is your brew method? And, and like, even in the shop, how are you transitioning to that? What kind of machine may you have? What kind of options for brewing methods? So First, we're going to ask your transition from a year and a half or two years ago and what you make at the house, and then we'll get back to the shop. Yeah, um, I'll go back a little further. I was not a coffee drinker until I was like 33 years old. 
So like my mom and dad were coffee addicts. So I always told myself growing up, cause my mom's the kind of person like, if she didn't have her second cup, you know, be careful. Like she had to get that second cup. So I was like, I'm not drinking coffee. I don't want to be that addicted. But living in Spain, it's like such a cultural part of being here and grabbing coffee with people. So when we came back in 2015, I was like, you know what? Take the dive, start drinking it. So I started drinking the bad stuff. And then we went back and really started understanding more about specialty coffee. Uh, started listening to the podcast. Allison told us that Tyler and Aaron were starting this podcast. And I was like, oh, cool. So I just really started digging in YouTube, you know, got James Hoffman books and coffee shop books and everything. Um, and just really started like investigating it from, I mean, I'm a biology major and like I've been a science teacher for 15 years almost now. So like, I love the science of it, the, the physics, the chemistry, the biology of the plants, all those things. So for me, it was super fascinating uh, just to get all those different things down. Um, so my journey is like accelerated <laughs> very rapidly. So from the time, actually when Tyler gave me that V60, I was already getting into coffee and we were staying in this house and I had like a plastic funnel and like a coffee filter from like a Mr. Coffee Pot and was like grinding beans in a blade grinder. And like, I think they were probably Starbucks beans. I don't even know what- I can't remember. I just remember like, but I was moving back to Spain. So I was like, I'm not gonna invest in all this stuff and then have to transport it all. So, but I was still so interested. I was like, I gotta at least like see what I can do. So I have like an old electric kettle and this, I mean, it was, it was a disaster, but I was already so interested. I was like, I'll give it a shot. Like I was folding like those wrinkly coffee filters trying to get them folded right. And I had a plastic funnel I found under the sink and was using that. It was ridiculous, but- um, That's incredible. Like, I, like just- <laughs> Oh my gosh! That's like seriously. That that's some major uh, commitment to the coffee game. Gosh. <laughs> and, and then th yeah, so two years down the road, just really interested in it. And still, you also when we came back in pre-COVID, when we got back right before COVID hit in March of 2020, we actually went to the roaster, his cafe, and he said, "You know that we I do like training on like barista that's for right, a day." Yeah. And so we were like, oh, we would be super interested because we have an idea of maybe launching a coffee shop and we really need to learn like the mechanics of the machinery basics and just see like latte art, mm -hmm. just walk through the basics with us. So we went one afternoon for like four hours. It was a couple yeah. hours. Yeah. And we sat and he like walked us through everything from the start to the finish of like the roasting and um, the specialty roasting and like how to pull a shot, how to do latte art. Um, wow. the different types of beverages, the basics. And so we did that together in February, mm -hmm. 2020. Adam was doing a lot of like reading James Hoffman, listening to coffee, uh, snobs podcast, like just really diving into the learning about the world of specialty coffee um, and trying to figure out like how far he needed to go to feel like he felt like he was educated enough to be able to really start on saying, I'm gonna open up a coffee shop. Um, so I was very impressed. He he knows a lot and much more than I do. Um, that's why he's going to be the head barista and I'm going to be the assistant. Should to the be barista. the business yeah. lady. Yeah, but that's incredible. That's like seriously that that uh, the commitment into because you're not just in Spain to create a coffee shop. Like you actually have jobs in Spain, and so what or we're in the town that you're in. But this is another venture yeah. and uh, that and creating this. Uh, treasure. We're going to call it a treasure for your community because that's really what it like from what we've talked to you, even off of the episode, 
the idea behind the the community or the the yeah. space to create something for the community is really at the forefront of this. Yes, coffee will be served there, but it will be more of a treasure to the community and a place for people to meet. So this is very, very cool. But I want to know, like, what's some of the equipment or what have you found as being um, someone who's about to launch a shop? What is the equipment that you feel like you need? And then what is, like, uh, the, the reality? Because we see, we go into shops in America, and, you know, they've got to have a four or five head, you know, machine that is like, you know, you know, as much as a car. And so the reality of what y'all are going to do in the throughput, what have you found out? Um, we really wanted to be quality. Um, so we really wanted to start on a good foot. So a lot of our investment was in, you know, the, what are the basic things we need to have to really show people? Uh, so we ended up getting a Marzocco. So we have a Marzocco linear PB two group head is what we ended up going with. I don't know, people that have three group heads and four group heads, like, I don't even know, unless you have two people working the machine all day long, I, I think two groups, like, unless you're crazy busy. And this is also a recommendation of a local coffee shop, Coffee Train, which is one of our favorite shops, specialty shops here in Akala downtown. Um, yeah. He recommended two group head and our roaster recommended two as well, because he said, if you have one person sort of mainly on the machine, having three is just hard to juggle and manage. So yeah. he recommended two for the shop size that we have in our neighborhood size, he said it should be sufficient for what you need. Because a lot of the slowdown when you're producing drinks is really the milk foaming. Like that's where you slow down. It's not usually pulling the shots. That's a pretty fast process, but the milk foaming is really kind of your major time commitment. Um, so that we with that, um, we have a bolt grinder. So Malcone EK43S is what we ended up getting, which is on our kitchen counter right now. Which it arrived works. way early. And so we're really loving the ground coffee. So like, you want to talk about like <laughs> progression of grinders. So we had a blade grinder. Oops. Yeah. No, well, we had a blade grinder oh, first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And then we got a cheap burr grinder. It's called Croups here. It'd be like the Hamilton Beach equivalent in the U.S. Yeah. And they're like Hamilton yep. Beach. Like little tiny thing, burr grinder, but like ceramic not so good, you know, and then we like upgraded from that to a Malcone EK 43S. Oh my gosh. It was like, whoa. What a uh, jump. Like, it's like, it's gotta be so wild, that massive jump. And then it, because then you're going to be going to, you know, the shop where you have this gorgeous mm -hmm. machine and, and being able to like, that's, that's incredible. Will you be doing any manual uh, brewing process at the shop or is that still kind of too much of a dipping the toe in for your community? You're saying like filter brews and things like, yeah, like that. pour over or let's say, you know, it's, it's something I'd like to do in Madrid. They definitely offer like Kalita V60. Uh, they do that. I don't think anyone here in town does. No, I think San Diego coffee does pour overs. It's not super popular here. And it's really confusing. Like we've seen it advertised as like um, infusion de cafe, oh like uh, coffee infusion is what they call yeah. it. Cause to them, it's so weird that you would like pour water through it. They're so used like to espresso here. Um, it's strange. I think we are going to offer like a V60 option just to experiment with it um, and see if people are interested. I think especially some of the people that are a little bit more used to specialty coffee that work in Madrid would probably yeah. be willing to do it. And others might see it and just be interested to try. Yeah. So Emily, I have a question for you, you being the business major 
and yeah. you, uh, you know, and I, like, I think we've, we've talked quite a bit about the business side of coffee and the ability to have sustainable employees and knowing where the additional money is in this, like, have you looked at the manual brew process and yes, it, as it's something that, you know, I think if I owned a shop, I would want to do it, but I would also question the idea of it being profitable because of how long it takes. Have you looked into that and, and process that? We have done a, like a cost analysis on each beverage that we'll offer mainly off of the espresso Based yep, mm-hmm. um, and then also looking at our baked goods that we're going to sell as well. So we have done like an analysis there. Did we do an analysis for V60? I think we did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I can't remember those numbers off the top of my head, but I think it still was in line with we're mm-hmm. shooting for margins around like 60 to 70 percent okay. of what our cost yeah. in order for it to, to, make, uh, to, mm-hmm. to make it work. Um, here, our labor costs are very high because it's a specialized sort of medicine and system here. Um, how we have to pay ourselves, we actually are working with like a payroll guy, and I will not get into that because that will make your head spin. Yeah, please but, don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it basically, yeah, the the cost of paying an employee here is very, very high. The taxes are um, like 38% at least maybe even close to like, if you're going to pay someone like the minimum salary here is a thousand euros, you need to add on 600 euros more just for taxes and social security. So you're looking at a very small shops have a hard time hiring a lot of people out of hands. So really it depends on the people that are usually launching it or they launch it. They're the investors and then they hire somebody that has experience. So because we want this shop to be where we interact with our neighbors, that's why we're putting a lot of, I want to say pressure, but like, investment in the time of like learning like Adam learning about the coffee process because we are going to be those roles of barista and um and I'm going to be waitress um basically yeah. just to interact and, and really at least for starting yeah for, for starting sure. we really would like to hire someone later on but we know that that's going to take a bit for the coffee shop to establish right. but from the get-go we should we're hoping to sell 60 55 cups of coffee a day to yeah. For every day that we're to I break even. So we'll, we'll see. We're hoping oh, man. Work, well, so. I, 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 kudos, uh, one, you sound like a incredible dynamic duo because um, I would be the Adam and I would just be like geeking out on everything. And like, I'd be like, I think, I mean, I don't know how many cups I got to sell. Just people come in and buy. But- All right, guys. So you talked about gear. Um, you got a, a Marzica uh, espresso machine and a, how do you say that grinder is super nice so yeah so most you've got that for gear um and i I saw on instagram you've got some beautiful mugs in so like i said we'll have to attach some pictures of the aesthetics because i'm sure it's going to be beautiful but specifically the coffee tell us about uh are you going to stay exclusive to one roaster multiple Mm -hmm. roasters um are you going to offer like one certain variety of coffee? Are you going to slowly branch out? Just talk about the actual coffee nerd stuff. Yeah. Um, so we're definitely starting with Camden Coffee Roasters, which is the guy we've worked with the most. Uh, we also have some friends that are up in Valladolid, which is a little bit more northern Spain. And they have a roasting. They actually roast beans and then they also do chocolate. So they roast the cacao. 
cacao. Cacao. Mm-hmm. Cacao. Um, and actually, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> do their own chocolate too. So we might also offer them in the future. We'll see uh, if that's a potential thing for the types we're using. Um, we've debated a lot kind of what types we want to start with that aren't too strange. Um, we probably will go with the Ethiopian as a probably Ethiopian washed because Ethiopian washed is kind of the it's kind of the general one that's not not going to like throw too many people like it's not going to be everyone's like favorite but no one's going to really hate an Ethiopian washed like it's a really good quality solid one that people like uh, we might then add in some other you know a little bit crazier things and naturals and stuff like that. Uh, that people might be a little bit more interested in, but but the the roaster that we're primarily going to start out using Camden, he has a variety and he gets some based on the seasonal mm-hmm. production schedule as well. So I mean, he has a Nicaragua, he has Guatemala, he has Mexico, he has a Brazil, he has a Peru. I mean, he has a large variety. Yeah. So we're really going to um, actually the hopefully the machine is coming from Italy and it's actually going to be installed by a Marzocco technician. And he's going to get everything sort of installed and ready for us. And then Ilker, the guy that runs Camden, is actually coming down and doing on-site sort of training with us with the machine mm-hmm. and showing us with with the grinder and with the machine how to best get the best quality out of his beans with the Marzocco. So we're going to do some intense training three to four days with him yeah. once the machine gets installed. And so we're going to see his recommendation as well. He might recommend more of like a Colombian or, some, or yeah. Brazil instead mm-hmm. of – using Ethiopian like we thought. So it just depends. And he rotates them as well. So we're going to sort of lean on his expertise a little bit on what he feels like is in season, what's what he's recently roasted, what would pair well, and what he's seen as being successful in his area as well. El Puchero, like Adam mentioned up in Valladolid, their branding is on par. If you follow them, Somos Puchero, S-O-M-O-S, and then Puchero is P-U-C-H-E-R-O, their branding is on par and they're a fantastic like family roasting business and like chocolate roasting as Adam mentioned. Mm-hmm. We went up there, they have like this old warehouse they've converted and like really tricked out with like very millennial. Um, but we had a wonderful experience up there just chatting with them and they really pursued us, gave us like a kit package, like wanted to really like showcase their products. And so we really like their branding a lot. So we'd like to eventually like Adam mentioned. Um, them as a, maybe rotate a them roaster. in as a second roaster because Start with their chocolate too. they have a lot of sort of more fame in the Madrid um, roasting business. So, so we really would like to help them out too. And real quick, them. what's the, um, you got specialty coffee. What's the general cost? Is it comparable? Like around here, I'm not sure what it would be in euros, but you know, 15 to $20 for a 12 ounce bag is pretty common. Mm-hmm. Like what's the price point over there? Um, so retail price depends on the variety, of course, but it can range here from six fifty up to like ten euros for a two hundred and fifty yeah. gram bag. So it's in grams here, so that's it's and harder for no two hundred fifty. I mean two forty is a normal twelve ounce bag. Here. Yeah, yeah. So two three twenty. So and the conversion is like at twenty percent. So you're looking at like seven dollars and twenty for a really good. Like I think that might be a. Um, like a Guatemala, or excuse me, I'm sorry, a Brazil would be like seven twenty seven dollars and twenty cent US for a twelve ounce bag. So that, so that doesn't sound bad in America for seven dollars, mm-hmm. but is that pretty pricey for your area? Yes. Yes. Okay. What if if somebody was going to go to the grocery store and even get whole bean 
of a natural span, like a roasting, like Marthia is a really popular Spanish brand. Everybody uses it. They have the Torrefacto or they have the natural, they say, but it still is not good coffee. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very, very dark, bitter roast, nonetheless. Yep. Um, it's about 450 euro for 500 grams of whole beans. So you're talking double that. So it's inexpensive, very inexpensive. Mm, very and that's expensive. the common probably you would see. So it's, you're looking at at least double. Um, so would it be, it would yeah, be comparable to like if, you know, Folgers here, you can buy a, a yep. freaking two pound bag, a two pound jug of Folgers for five bucks or right. a 12 ounce bag of Enderly for $13, right? So like it, it is comparable for the price point, but still I would be interested in the, as you get to know more about this and maybe this is a later process and a conversation, but I would be interested in the the bean, the purchasing or procuring beans process, because that is, that is something that's very interesting that even we have found out through cafe imports in America, that beans set a lot longer than they, than you would in, in, in yeah. it really want them to be. And so it'd be interested in Spain, how fast maybe a bean comes from a plant comes mm-hmm. from a tree to where it's getting used in a cup of your coffee. But that is, that is really, really that's interesting, and especially yeah. the the bean selection that you're going to have and the bean rotation. Because normally in the states, a normal shop they try to keep one bean and one bean only. So I know like counter or uh, not just coffee, they're really on their counterculture, and you know all mm-hmm. of their uh, espresso pulls are from one lot of uh, counterculture. And so it's going to be very cool to have a shop that does a multiple um, rotation of beans. And I, I would really enjoy yeah. that. So, Are you guys going to sell beans uh, or equipment? A lot of shops around here will sell, you know, V60s and basic stuff. Do you think there's going to be much demand for that initially? or There is a coffee train, another, we mentioned them earlier, but they sell the equipment and they sell um, the barn, which is a roaster out of Berlin. And so they sell both things. I, we are going to sell bags of Camden, um, to give another revenue stream for the shop and to also like help him out as well with like more orders of beans. Um, but to me personally, I don't want to start out selling equipment because people can go onto Amazon and get it for just as reasonable here. Amazon is very popular. So, at the Unless moment, you're really willing to like, like we buy the beans and we buy stuff sometimes from the local people because we want to support the local business. But um, we might I'm eventually guessing, do that. I'm guessing there's not many of your fellow uh, citizens that probably even have a grinder at home that they, they probably just buy it already right. ground. Um, yeah. yeah. Before they, I forget, you mentioned initially about your pumpkin spice syrup. So what's your menu going to consist of? And um mm-hmm syrups are those going to be homemade tell us a little bit about that i'll talk about the drinks i'll let her talk about the pastries okay. uh we we will do syrups um I, I mean i debate you know a lot of people are, are very much purists like just the coffee uh and i'm usually that way but i mean sometimes even for my filter like i'll add a little bit of milk to it because i feel like if you have a really good coffee adding something good to it could make it better right you may lose some of the hints and stuff it may get buried but to me, it's like a biscuit, you know, like a homemade biscuit. Like you can have a really terrible biscuit. Like a gravy biscuit? It's like, 
you can just smother it in gravy or put some jam on there and you'll never know that it's a bad biscuit. Right. But well, like, and don't the Europeans call, have another word for biscuit. He's talking about Southern fluffy biscuits or Southern fluffy. Oh yeah. Southern. Yeah. Biscuit, Biscuitville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to me, that's kind of like coffee is like, if you start with a really good biscuit, like you can be a biscuit purist and be like, how dare you put jam on your biscuit? Like, why can't you just enjoy this delicious biscuit? But like adding jam onto that or putting gravy on a really good biscuit will make it better sometimes, you know? Um, and I think coffee is the same way, you know, I'm not going to add like a thousand tons of sugar, but okay. uh, listen, I, homemade I, syrups. I, I, no, syrups. I, Tell listen, us about the syrups. I agree with you. Like I really enjoy uh, places that do, that have like homemade syrups, like mm-hmm. groundwork there. They take a lot of pride in their syrups, like so much so that I've asked a few times about the recipe and no, and, and, well, I, and like it. kudos to them. Like, like yeah. that's a, it's a, it's the craft, but in the same sense, like they have taken that level in which like, I would say, okay, I'm going to try to perfect the brewing process to get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. And if you have somebody who's doing the exact same thing with syrup and you're able to pair those two together, then you basically, you could have like a, a dynasty, right? Cause you've now have somebody who's yeah. specializing in it, which if you've spent, if Emily spent an hour and a half making the pumpkin, that's man, that's some dedication. But back yeah. to the menu. So you walk into a mm-hmm. typical specialty shop here, they're going to have a vanilla, probably a mocha, maybe a caramel. Like what, tell us just a quick mm-hmm. overview of your menu to start off with. Um, so yeah, so we'll do solo shots. We'll do an Americano. We're going to do a latte. We'll do a flat white. Um, we'll do a mochaccino, I think is probably kind of the craziest thing that'll be on a regular menu, which is just, you know, your chocolate syrup and then your espresso and then milk on that. And then we'll do kind of seasonal drinks with homemade syrups. So right now we're thinking about doing probably a pumpkin spice, probably like a peppermint mocha in winter. Um, a lavender honey, I do like a lavender honey syrup too, maybe for spring or something like that. Um, or summer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else on the menu? Oh, here. Have you guys ever heard of a baby Chino? Baby Chino. Yeah. So no. I just heard about it. It's like a little tiny, like shot glass. And it's basically just like foamed milk with like a little bit of cinnamon on top, but you like for kids okay. that cocoa or cinnamon. Yeah. You like okay. give them this little thing, and it's like they're like also having their coffee. So like, yeah, it's like that's a kind of cool idea. Yeah, that you sounds like a- it's called a steamer over here. Sometimes, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just steamed milk and maybe a little bit of syrup to give it a flavor. Yeah, and the yeah. kids, yeah. okay, baby chino, baby chino sounds better. Like baby chino does sound better. Eight point six pound. Oh, baby a little chino. baby chino. Oh, a little baby chino. <laughs> Pastry-wise, um, well, no, yeah, we're having probably, I think we have 10, like, classic beverages that we're going to offer with a seasonal latte being thrown in there, um, only because we're an English-speaking coffee shop, so we want people to have more of, like, they love American concepts of, like, American pastries, but not too sweet. Uh, they love those types of things, so we also want to be, like, an experience, an American-Spanish mixture or fusion of experience, so offering those lattes would give us a little bit of like distinction and we can try them out and see how they're received. Also, we've got, I mean, our school, which is an American school is right on the road, like five miles on the road. 
And we have a lot of people from that community that are Americans or Canadians, and they want those because they don't have to drive 30 minutes to go to Starbucks to get a pumpkin spice latte. It's pumpkin spice latte season. So we're also offering it for them, but then the Spanish community can try it and be like, oh, this is what the Americans drink. Well, I've seen it in Starbucks. So that's the reason why we're sort of going to try it with all homemade syrups, because you really can't get vanilla syrup here. I mean, there's not the pumps like where you see your typical coffee shop in 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 the U.S. Yeah. They, they don't really thing. exist here. That's very good, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff is, yeah. yeah. I wish it didn't exist here, but. Either. Yeah. No. So ours are going to be uh, 100% homemade. Um, in retrospect to um, um, pastries. pastries, thank you. I wanted to say in cuanto a, which is in retrospect to, but sorry, my Spanish comes out first sometimes. Um, we found a lady on Madrid, in, in on Instagram, excuse me, um, in Alcala, that is a baker. And she's from Venezuela, but she's been in Spain for a while. And she approached us about making what's called like sort of like it's called a bizcocho here, which is basically like a banana bread or pound cake type of pastry. And uh, a lot of cafes here don't have that. A couple of them do that are more specialty coffee shop because they're usually homemade. They're not like fabricated in like more of a factory sense. So we were really thinking about how to couple the specialty coffee with what type of pastry. And we really decided that bizcocho is where we're gonna center for our sweet more or less. And she like, like worked with us mm -hmm. and like we said, okay, we want something banana, but we want something like combined with something different. So she came up with the banana chocolate cocoa bizcocho. And so we were like, perfect. And then we took it to our school where we worked at um, and we let our Spanish friends try it and our American friends try it. And we're like, okay, evaluate it, be a critic, tell us what you like, what you don't yeah. like. And so they gave us feedback. We took it back to her and she's like, okay, I'll tweak this. Mm -hmm. um, so she's been fantastic to work with. We really enjoy collaborating with her. Um, it's like a pumpkin and a pumpkin Nutella pump peanut butter peanut butter pumpkin and peanut butter really one. Good. and then like a ricotta almond one too mm -hmm. so and an apple cake wow. she's making apple for us well. fantastic yeah. so those are our offerings we're gonna have like four or five that we rotate in there's also a local bread shop that does like um, it's called masa madre which is more like a yeast uh, starter that they put into loaves and so we're gonna be doing like um, um, tostadas like, what would that be in English? Tostada? Open, uh, to Taco Bell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get that tostada. Get that yeah, tostada. Yeah. tostada? Um, uh, <laughs> crunch tostada? Supreme. Okay. Uh, crunch Supreme. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Crunch Supreme. Oh, gosh. We're not going to be open for months. Yeah, we're just going to, yeah, anyway. Um, so it's midnight. Yeah. Uh, no. We're going to be doing avocado toast and uh, toast with tomato, which is very cultural here, um, with fresh um, ground tomatoes. For our salty, and but the um, going back to the bread shop, they also have uh, cinnamon rolls, which are very good for Spanish cinnamon rolls. So we're probably gonna offer them maybe on oh Friday. Gosh. So we've got some options of which I, we're hoping our menu will complement the specialty coffee, and that it'll be something that we can do some varietal changing in and out, yeah. but still keep it simple to where it's just serving that, not having to do a lot of preparation on our part. The, I mean, I am. I just ate lunch and I'm really hungry. Like I'm, I'm going to go get like a cinnamon roll or a crunch wrap. I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh no. So like seriously, pop. like that is, that is incredible. Gosh, what a delicious. menu. Guys, it sounds like you've done everything. Uh, lots of great preparation. And I'm sure uh, if you'll be willing, we'd love to have you back on. Uh, hopefully not 
it will be definitely faster than two years from now. We want to hear about the launch and yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever you uh, have been pulling 500 shots a day and <laughs> how quickly you improve. Um, like, guns will be huge, man. <laughs> one arm will be larger exactly. than the other. Exactly. Uh, well, like I, I'm definitely interested in once once you've uh, opened up and you kind of got a feel and, and because currently at this moment we're talking about a lot of prep that you've done into it and the ground that's been laid. Mm-hmm. And I think I, just listening to both of y'all, y'all have done a massive amount of work and you put a lot of um, of your knowledge into this. And man, the amount of prep that is going into the shop, which, you know, the idea of having a shop is one thing. The next thing of walking it through and then not only having to do all this, but then trying to juggle the politics side of the, the shop and, and all the prep. Uh, kudos to all of the hard work that y'all are done. And uh, it's been a pleasure to talk with you today. I mean, like, I'm blown away. Yeah. Like, I really am. <laughs> it's Thank it's you guys for exciting. having me. We really loved it. Like I said, man, this has been super educational and enlightening, and I'm excited for you. And hopefully before soon uh, we can make it actually over the, across the pond and taste this yeah, man. in real life. But let's, all right. So recap, uh, Adam and Emily from Bria cafe. Yeah. And tell us one more time, the various ways they can uh, reach out to you guys. So they can find us on Instagram at Bria cafe or on YouTube searching Bria cafe. And then www.briacafe.com if you want to check out our website as well. And they have a YouTube, which you probably could find on their website. So you want to, and that would tell you up to date, or you could probably go back. If you're just catching this episode months or years after, you probably could go back and see the startup of it and all of the uh, (laughs) adventures that they've had up until this moment, um, getting this off the ground. So. All right, Adam and Elliot, thanks again so much. We will talk to you very soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, we're going to put a bow on this. Uh, man, I really enjoy talking with Adam and Emily, Aaron. What about you? Yeah, I, I do as well. One, it's been a lot of fun to see the progression from Adam being at your dinner table uh, with <laughs> limited coffee knowledge to now mm-hmm. – uh, Emily actually getting to use the knowledge that she has in uh, finance and business. And I'm super excited for their company, super excited for the shop. Um, mm-hmm. Their idea in, in creating the shop and it being a community, uh, a, a place for the community to come is very exciting. I think every local coffee shop um, should have that as like the underlining, right? That should be the basis of creating a coffee shop. It's like, hey, a great place for the community to come in and sit down and commune together. You can meet new people. And so uh, that's very exciting. So Adam and Emily, we hope you the best. You're always welcome on this episode, mm-hmm. on this uh, podcast at any time. And uh, yeah, that's a yeah. good one. And we're going to take them up on their offer whenever we get the chance to yes. fly to Spain and hang out. But uh, again, Adam and Emily Byerly of Bria Cafe. Uh, I think their tag is Bria, B-R-I-L-L-A Cafe. They're on Instagram and YouTube. So check those guys out. And again, everyone, thanks for listening. 
We will see you on the next show. Adios.